now for all of you. Matthew 6, 22, 23. Brother Ryan. Matthew 6. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Says the lamp of the body is the eye. Is the eye? I want you to see that. Keep going. If therefore your eye is good, uh -huh. your whole body will be full of light. Your whole body. If your eye is good, is what you're seeing is good. Your body would be be all uh, with full of light. So. It's a way, it's, it's what it's called, it's called a perspective. We can see things together, the same thing. But if I look at it in a spiritual perspective, I can always see God in everything that I see. Some people can see things one way, and you got some people who have a negative connotation, will always see things in a negative light. I don't care how much it changes or whatever. You can always find negativity in everything. But a child of God looks through a spiritual lens. He said, the lamp of, my, of the body is the, is the eye. What I see. If therefore your eye is good, good. You're looking for good, wholesome things. Good as in God, godly things. Your whole body will be full of light. Now this is what you need to highlight. This is where we get the crux of our, our study this morning. Verse 23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If your eye is bad, if you all see nothing but negativity, that's what you are. You are a negative individual. Have you ever had a, been in a group of people and you're trying to get a job done and you always have that one bad apple? That one negative person always saying, we can't do it. That one negative person always has something negative to bring to the situation. He brings the whole thing down or she brings the whole thing down. We're talking about spiritual blindness. They can't help being who they are because of the perspective and what they're looking at. Again, our, as a kid, uh, in the Houston Chronicle and the Houston Post, every Saturday morning used to be like a, a, a character or like a little picture. And it said if you looked at it uh, long enough that you would see some type of something movement or it was something in there. Sometimes it was like a unicorn or it, it wouldn't tell you what it is, but it would be in real small print. So when you saw it, you can look and see that's what it was. My dad could just look at it, glance at it, and see it. I could not see anything. I'm holding it up, I'm looking around. I'm and he's like, man, you don't, see, you don't see Santa Claus? I said, ain't no Santa Claus. You're making it up. And I'm looking hard and harder I try, the worse it starts getting, it gets blurry and blurry. Because, you know, I was not looking in his perspective. He took his time, he just looked at it, and he could see it. But one day I passed by there, Steve, and I saw the unicorn. I said, it's a unicorn. I was so happy that I saw what it was. I couldn't go back and find it again, but I glanced at it at one time, and I saw it. This makes me think about the same thing. How God wants me to look at life. How God wants me to look at people. How God wants me to look at my brethren. He wants me to look at people or situations through the lens that he sees. I also have to see myself in the lens that God sees me. Why is it important that I see myself as God sees me? 
I'm going to be judged by what God sees. God can see everything. And see, the thing is, I don't always want my imperfections or my impurities or my, um, my, my, my kinks. I don't always, I gloss over some of those things. But God doesn't. See, as long as I never, ever rectified a situation, I'm always looking at myself as nothing's wrong with me. Then I'm like that man that, that when the Bible says, you know, you're look, always looking at the plank, get the speck out of your eye, the plank out of your eye, while you're always worried about the speck in somebody else's eye. Because I'm so, you know why? Because my, 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 uh, uh, my, my, uh, my, my eyesight is distorted. I'm too busy looking at you. You know, most times in, in life, when you always see people that are critical of other people, that's good because they don't want to look at themselves. That's the whole thing. That's, that, I'm, I'm telling you, that's counseling uh, A1. When you start talking to two people and that person always talks about what the other person is doing, they let you know that that person there is a, is a narcissist. It ain't about me, it's about them. When I say about looking at us as God sees us, God doesn't look at me as me and Tabitha or me and my children. God looks at me as early. When I pass away, I can't use, well, this is what they did to me. Okay, I know they did that, but how did you respond to them? So it still comes back to you. That eye, that spiritual eye. Go to Isaiah 59 and 10. Jesus, when delivering the Sermon on the Mount, said this in Matthew chapter 6, 22 and 23. We're going to look at Isaiah 59 and 10. Remember what he said, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, that's at the end of uh, Matthew 6 and 23. I want you to highlight that. Well, now we're going to go into Isaiah 59 and 10. 59 and 10 going in the Old Testament and gives you the same, same understanding, but it, it, it tells you when you are blind, what are you doing? You ever seen someone that's blind? By, born blind? Have you ever come across somebody like that? You ever thought about just, just being born that way? Think about it. You can't see anything. All your other senses are heightened. You have to wait and have to help, have someone to help you do something. When you meet someone, that appearance thing of what I see is taken away. For you to know someone, you have to really get to know them. See, one time, a lot of times we look at people and we judge them by appearance. What we see. Is that always true about what we see? No, no. They say you can't judge a book by its cover. A lot of times on the outside, what you see is not always on the inside. Sometimes it takes a while to really truly find out what people's motives are. The MO, the motive operandi. What, why are you like that? What do you do? You ever see people do things for you and you think, oh, they love you? Sometimes they're doing things like that because they want to control you. You have to be careful dealing with people and understanding how people operate. But we're talking about God's people. God's telling us that we're not to judge people by what we see. First of all, 
If I come there with an open mind and saying that I'm, when I meet you, I'm meeting someone that, you know what, that I can experience my testimony with, I can experience my witness with, I want to talk to you about God. I don't come to you in a judgmental state. But in the first century, you start seeing a lot of churches, well, second and third century, you had a lot of churches inside the body of Christ were doing that. You had the Hellenistic group, you had them, you had the, you had the, the Jews, the uh, proselytes, you had those that were in the body of Christ that had money, those that were poor, and they started looking at each other and judging each other. Spiritual blind. Look at Isaiah 59 and 10. Isaiah 59 and 10. We grope for the wall like the blind. Like the who? Like the blind. We grope. What does it mean to grope? Grasping. Grasping at it. Touching. We grope. Keep going. And we grope as if we had no eyes. Mm -hmm. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. However, there is a marked difference between physical blindness and the blindness that is spiritual. The blind person knows that they are blind. But spiritual people are blind people. They don't even know that they're blind. Amen? Amen? They walk about in the world of their own, making up their own rules, not knowing that they're stumbling about as dead men in desolate places. That's what the scripture is saying. They don't even realize they're blind. They think everything's all right. There's one, there's no, there is only one reality, and that reality is defined by the word of God. Through Christ, we do not have to grope about in darkness. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7. 1 John 1 and 7. Correct. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So what is that saying? What is that saying? What are the people in the world without Christ? How are they walking around? In darkness. In darkness. The truth they perceive is not reality. This is what Satan wants them to see. This is what Satan wants them to understand. They're in complete darkness unto the light. When you walk in the light, that means you accepted Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Now it is all about Christ. It is Christ that is in you and is no longer, no longer that old man that's in you. He's died away. So now your perception has changed. You don't see things the way that you once saw things. Now you see things in the way that Christ sees things. But how can we do that? How can we do that once we're baptized? How do we do that? How do we keep that spiritual uh, sight? Studying the word. That's it. Studying the word. Understanding what Christ, uh, what Christ is, his essence of who he is, and what is, what is our responsibility to God is. To love my brother. To forgive. To be compassionate. Compassionate. See, these things, spiritual blindness gives you away. You don't see that. I don't see. You know what happens? You see, you've been around people. I don't see anybody being compassionate to me. That is not what he asked you to do. 
No, it's not that. See, when you're spiritually blind, you only can see your reality. No one else's reality. That's the reason why it's so hard to teach the, 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 to teach the, the, the taught than to teach the untaught. Because see, when you're teaching someone that thinks they know, they're dangerous. Now what I have to do is I have to unteach all that crud that you thought you knew and then teach the new one. It's like this. I bring you a glass, okay? I bring you a glass. You have a glass. You come here. I'm filling it with pure water in that glass. Is that gonna be, is that gonna be clear water? You bring the glass to come here every Sunday to be filled with the water of life, which is the Bible. You bring the glass. Is that glass gonna be clean? No, because you can't clean yourself. You have to get a glass from God. You can't pour clean things, a, a, a clean substance into a filthy container because it's gonna be disrupted all over again. That's just like, you know, just like, it's like you can have, you can have, you can clean up and do all you want to, but yet and still if you put it in something that is filthy and is dirty, it contaminates what you put in it. This is what spiritual blindness, it pretty much is. You can have the best glasses. I mean that you can see almost HD, and most people here wear glasses. But if you don't clean the lenses, you're still gonna not see. It's still gonna be distorted. God clean, cleans the lens, polarizes the lens. So now my vision is clearer. Now I can see what God sees. My perspective changes. If I don't move from one position to the other, it's like going to a game and says, well, I got pretty good tickets to go and see the Astros, but they got you right in front of a, a pole. It doesn't matter how good the tickets were and how you saved, your view is distorted. And that's what a lot of us are, it is, it's distorted. Now, only way that I can change my view is to change my perspective. I have to move from one place to another where I get a better, better view. It changes the whole, uh, I guess, the, the, the whole environment. Now, I went to a game, think about this. If you're gonna go to a game and you're sitting for nine innings behind someone that has a big sombrero, I mean, they have a big sombrero. They paid their money, right? You paid your money. You gonna get mad at them? Now, in your mind, you're like, why are you wearing a sombrero? But think about this. He has the right to do whatever he wants to do. That's what the world says. First of all, this person is not looking, he's it's not a, in the view of God, because first of all, you look out others, for others before you look out for yourself, correct? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you this analogy, but I'm telling you this is how, how worldly this is. Anyone else, if you know what, if, my, my, if I'm distorting your vision, I was supposed to say, Sylvia, I'm sorry. Let me move out the way so you can see clearly. Some of us are distorting other people's view and don't care because you know why? It's about us. Sometimes we need to move out of the way. I don't want to hinder anybody's worship. No, that's, that's private. 
that's sacred. I got to get out of the way so you can see. You can see. So my, I have a different understanding of even when people come to worship and the children are running around doing we have situations, we have rooms, we have all these accommodations for you to place those kids in so I can have my worship. Because my worship is sacred to me. I love the children. But this, we're talking about real stuff. This is my time that I come focusing totally on God. Now back to my, me, if I'm sitting around here and I, I gotta, if, if I won't move my sombrero, if I won't move, who else, who else can move? You can. You have to move away. You gotta get away from some people. You gotta get away from some places. And you gotta get away from some things. So I can have a better view of God. Sometimes we're sitting around here, we just can't see it. So our perspective doesn't change. It doesn't do any good for me to get up every morning and come in my perspective doesn't change on God. It doesn't do any good. Because you know what? How, I, how my perspective is is how I worship. If I come, well, here we go again. He's going to be the same old stuff. Same old stuff. Well, we'll be out of here about 12, 12, 15. Have I worshiped? Hmm. Still going out there spiritually blind. Still have the same thing, same motives. Perspective has not changed. But he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Fellowship. We're not talking about eating chicken. Fellowship, talking about we have all the things in common. Fellowship. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Our relationship with each other is suffice with our relationship with God. He calls us to come together with that relationship, to help one another, to encourage one another. See, the thing is that a lot of times we think because we come to church, that's it. That's it. I've worked with people for 30 years and didn't know them past those gates. I knew where they lived, that I might have dropped them off, but I have never set foot in their house. Knew all the children, but never met none of them. But did I have a relationship with them? No, no, I just worked with them. That's what's happening in church. See, the first century church, they had relationships with each other, real relationships with each other. You got some people here who won't even speak to you. They will not, they will come 52 Sundays a year. 52. That's over 481 sermons a year. Times eight. For my, my situation. Think about that. And you have some people will not speak to you. Now, I'm supposed to understand when, because of our relationship, we don't have a relationship anyway, but I'm supposed to understand when you have a bad day. That's your excuse. I got a bad day. How do, how do I know that? Really? Really? Have you ever tried to have a relationship with anybody? You can't, I can't give you the benefit of the doubt if I don't know you. Now, because I look in a spiritual lens, you know what? I'll let you make it. I realize that, you know what? He needs help. 
he's not truly or she's not truly a child of God. See, I can't assume, we, we can't assume that you know what's going on in my life and I assume what's going on. You see, in a relationship, it has to be going both ways. It's reciprocal. It's reciprocal. Jesus sit down and talk to the disciples. He didn't, they didn't come in him and he just, they just talked to him and he didn't talk back to them. They understood. They spent time with them. So what he is, it, it, what you're saying is that it has to be a sacrifice on both sides. See, the thing is, we want one person to sacrifice, but we don't want to sacrifice. It's the whole thing. People don't want to change. Some people don't want to be close to you anyway because they don't want you to know who they truly are. That's me. I'm being honest. I'm being honest with it. See, the thing is, when you're around people or something, you pick up and you learn about them. I said this, I said this over eight years ago. It's certain things that you should know about somebody by being around them and being in their presence. You know I don't like liver, liver and onions. You know I don't eat that. I don't like organs. You know I, I, I have gout. You know I, I, I can't eat too much. You know these things. But that's not on the basic part. But the other side, how can you get to know somebody when someone doesn't want to be, that is not going to be cordial? First, for you to have a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. This, this, these are basic things that I picked up as a kid. Children play with each other because of why? That's what they do. No. Now he sits over there and he gets mad and he don't want to play and he has his ball. We go play something else. We discard him. If you want to be accepted, you learn how to accept everything. You got to accept all of it. You can't, it can't be sporadic. How, I'm supposed to understand this Sunday because you have a bad, you're in a bad mood. Then the next Sunday you're not in a bad mood. That's too much work for me. Who does that? Who does that, really? Okay, so I got I to gotta walk up to you. I remember I was talking to a lady. She says, um, every time I go to my son's door and I'm not going to do it, it just, it just makes me nervous. I said, why? She said, I don't know what type of mood he's going to be in. I said, he lives in your house? He lives in your house. <laughs> and you don't know what type of, you're worried about what type of mood he is, he's in? No, you had to worry about if the door is still there. <laughs> no, you don't do that. And see, a lot of people have not been called out for their behavior, for immature behavior. Jesus called it out. He told Peter, why are you worried about what this, what's going on with this man's life? What does it have to do with you? Mind your own business. Why are you doing this? You know what it is? People don't want to be held accountable. Why are you doing that? Why? Well, you made me. No. No, you still have a, res you still have a responsibility for your actions. I did it because I did it. One thing as a kid growing up, anytime I got in trouble, I never blamed anybody for what I did. Then I knew I was doing it. I would tell him, my mother didn't understand that. She said, why did you get in a fight with him? Because I didn't like him. Did I say it was right? I was held accountable. Well, you know they're going to kick you out. Yeah. Thought about that when I was walking to his room. Yeah. They're going to put you in, the, you have to go over to the school over there for the kids that don't know how to act. Thought about that too. And you still did it. Yep, I still did it. But we have now is because, you know, my parents didn't speak to me. The dog don't like me. I'm not in good mood. What kind, what is that? Excuses. Excuses. That's all it is. When I come here, 
I come here to worship God. Mm -hmm. That's my number one thing. I don't come here to make friends. That's a byproduct of what we have in common. Those people that were added to the body of Christ, those 3,000 souls, didn't go there to make friends. They went there to answer the question, what hinders you to be saved or be baptized? And because of the byproduct of that, they were, now they were added to the body of Christ. Now the, fellow, the fellowship and the friendship started. I don't have fellowship with people in the world. I hang out with them. I might have lunch with them, but that's not fellowship. I go out and I spend a lot of time with a lot of people, but like I, I showed you before, I don't want to know all that about you. I don't need to know that about you. You're not a member of the body of Christ, you haven't accepted it. And me being a preacher, I've always brought it up to you. Tell me about yourself, your soul. Are you saved? Oh, I'm saved, I'm this and that. Show me. Show me about the way you believe that you're saved. Well, I can't show you, this is what I believe in my heart. Okay. We have put the horse before the, the cart before the horse. Because we have these things in common, and a commonality that we have, a byproduct of that is that we're all members of the body of Christ. You're not a member of the body of Christ when you come here every Sunday. You don't become a member of the body of Christ until you're added to it. Amen. You see, it was added to it daily. Mm -hmm. So coming here doesn't make you a member. Coming here doesn't mean that we have a relationship. We have a lot of people, we have quite a few people that will come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Should we call them brothers and sisters? Some people do. But what we're doing is what we're giving them, we're, we're, we're teaching them wrong. See, now they feel as though they are part of us. I've been in churches where, you know what, they have called these people and gotten these people involved in doing this and doing that. They have not committed to Christ. If they haven't committed to Christ, they are not members of the body of Christ. See, they don't get the rewards of being a member of the body of Christ. So those people are calling, well, brother such and such, hey, you and your wife, you know, this and that, and then they die outside the church. What happens to their soul? Lost. No. Who's going to be held accountable? We are. We all are. Mm -hmm. We all are. Because some people feel comfortable. If I just come, see, being a member of the church, the body of Christ, is not like going to the peanut festival and going to a family reunion. That's our plate cousin, getting plate lead, one of us. No, 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 it don't work that way. No. Let me see, let me, let, show me the blood. Show me, show me your way you were purchased. My baptism. My baptism shows that I was bought, signed, sealed, and delivered that I am a part of this body. But if I haven't done that, we have no business calling anyone brother and sister. No. We're giving them a false, a, a false uh, sense of security. So there's no need for me to change if I'm already a, a, a member. Amen? Mm -hmm. There are many causes for spiritual blindness, such as Satan, pride, ignorance, Following blind guides, caring what others think, and more. When you're spiritually blind, you can't see Christ because you're hard in your heart and won't come to the knowledge of truth. Just won't. 
Everyone knows God is real, but people reject him because they love their sin and they don't want to submit to him. It's just basics. This is not Brother Copeland talking, this is Bible. Then Satan comes into the picture and blinds the men, the minds and the unbelievers, for they won't come to the truth. He wants you to be uncomfortable. He wants you to get mad instead of saying, you know what, I need to do something about this. I've said this over and over for eight years, continuously. Don't ever leave the presence of God and not knowing your relationship with God. If you're coming in, you're upset every Sunday. It's something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. I don't feel sorry for you when you go to, when you, you're coughing and coughing for a whole month. When you go to the doctor, right? Going tomorrow. Then you go there and you know what you, they tell me? Well, you went in there and they told the, you didn't tell the doctor, the doctor said, how are you doing? So I'm doing good. I feel good today. And walk back out. Then start coughing all over. I don't feel sorry for you. I just can't. I can't, why? Why, because you know what? You're miserable all that other time. But then you go in there where you can get help. But you refuse to help. You refuse to help. Now, how am I supposed to have compassion for somebody that doesn't want any help? Now you're the rich young ruler. What did he say? He ran to him. He ran to Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He asked him that. Jesus didn't go to his back. Hey, hey, you want to go to heaven? He didn't do it. He ran to Jesus. Rabbi, teacher, what must I do? He told him. He said, all these things I've done already. He said, no, go sell everything you have. Then Jesus ran after him and hugged him. Please don't leave. Don't go. See, that's the type of teaching that is not had, we haven't had. Why should I chase after you? We serve a free will God. Yes. Either you want to do it or you don't want to do it. It's up to you. I don't understand why you would come here and not want to do it. Some people like torture and pain and all that. It's a word for that too. But why not come here and not grow? Why not come here and not have a better relationship with God? And as you go along, and I've been here eight years, your relationship should have grown exponentially. Understanding who God is, what sin is, her, uh, hermitology, understanding those things, salvation, the study of salvation, understanding these things, my relationship with God, my understanding as a woman, my role in the church as a woman, my role in the church as a man, being in leadership, all these things have been studied. All of them. But we still have those that want to test you. They want to think, they say God is not real, the Bible's false, hell is fake, I'm a good person. Jesus was just a man. We're going into more serious details of things like that, but the eyes are useless when the mind is blind. The eyes are useless when the mind is blind. When you've made up in your mind, this is what you're gonna do, it doesn't matter what you see. You can see the best of the best. I told you late at night times you ever see where they had the, the, the animals on the side and how they've been mistreated and beaten and all that, and you know, it never fails. I'm always eating something. And they didn't want to ask, you want that one $20 to uh, 10, with a dollar a day or save? I'm like, you know what, I decided to turn it off because I don't want to see it. 
Does that mean that that doesn't exist? Exists. I just turned it off. Same way some people do me. John 14, 17 through 20. The spiritual blind person must cry out to God, but pride steps in the, in the way. Pride stops people from seeking the truth and open their, their minds to the truth. People choose to remain ignorant. You got people in, uh, in false religions like Catholicism, Mormonism, Islam, and Jehovah Witness. Witness are spiritually blind. They reject even clear passages that you will show them that what they are following is wrong. How can you follow inside a religion when they call the man, the, the, the preacher, reverend, when he says reverend is holy and God's name? So if that's wrong, what other parts of it is wrong? That should be, the Bible says the Bereans, be like the Bereans and search the scriptures daily. When you find out these things that are wrong, you look at what Jehovah Witness, uh, Mormons have their own Bible. Amen. Their own Bible. They're so far off that they can't even use any of the versions that we have. They got to make their own up. Listen, I came in here, when I, when, I, when I came up here, like I said, I was thrust in a, in a whole different political church, which I studied government with church and state, has nothing together. It's supposed to be separate. And, I, and, and being around people that are ignorant and don't understand that, that why are we even discussing these things? First thing I remember God was coming to me and was telling me that we, they had a whole conversation across the table about how Kim Jong-un was going to blow us up. This is going to be the end of the world. But the Bible specifically said that Jesus is coming back. How can a child of God in his right mind Right mind, sit up and be scared of that. So you're more scared of that than what God says? Jesus will come back and he will judge the living and the dead. So how can a man blow up something that God is going to come back to? Now somebody's lying. Amen. So we're having a whole dialogue in the church over some, something like that. So that lets me know what I'm dealing with. It's really sad because you know it's the lack of spiritual uh, understanding, spiritual acknowledgement, it's the lack of all those things. And it's spiritual blindness because you know what? You refuse to see what God is trying to show you. Look at John 14, 17 to 20. John 14, 17 to 20. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you. And Hold on. The world cannot accept him because it never, neither sees him or knows him. They don't see him. They don't know him. They have no relationship with him. Now, what else? How else do they see Jesus? How else do we see Jesus now? You're going to see him walking around here. How do we see him? In, in others. In what we do. You don't worry about what we do. Mm -hmm. See him. See him. I can see. That's why Galatians 5 is so important. He said, these are the fruit of the Spirit. These are the things that were characteristics of Christ. So when you see that, you see Christ. How respond to not only the good, but the bad and the ugly. 
how to respond. He still, all that happened to him, he still didn't utter a word. Now you see what Peter did. First thing Peter did, he wanted to pull the sword out. He ready to fight. That's what the world does. That's what you got. You get, when someone gets called out, first thing they want to do is fight. Because they don't have, they, they, they can't even put their words together. Because where are you going to chop the man's ear off? But what did God had already tell him? Jesus already told him, for, for the cock crows three times, you're going to deny knowing me, right? Mm -hmm. No, surely, Lord, you're not going to do that. See, now he didn't even realize, because spiritual blindness, he was blinded to the fact that that was the son of God. He accepted him being that, but he didn't accept, he accepted the title, but he didn't accept the person. That's it. I know a lot of guys, you know, say, well, you know, I'm the, uh, I've worked with, well, you know, I'm, the, I'm in charge. You know, I'm the manager. I accept the position, but I don't accept you. Haven't y'all voted for people y'all don't like? You still got to res respect the what? The position. But that don't mean you respect the person. It's the same way here. Look, it said, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor, or, nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives what? With you and will be in you. <laughs> oh, isn't that what we were talking about all the morning? He's going to be in you. So if he's in you, whatever comes out of you should be what? Christ-like. Christ mm -hmm. It shouldn't be early come out. It should be Christ. If he's in me, whatever's in my bucket. I got to dump the bucket. I got to clear out the bucket. Pour Christ in there. When you kick my bucket over, what comes out? Christ. Christ. Simple. These are basic applications that everybody should get. If you're not spiritually blind. See, if you're spiritually blind, you didn't close off to that. You don't hear that. Now look what it says. He says to him. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you mm -hmm. a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Hold on. In a little while. Now we're talking about we're talking about coming. We're talking about the coming of God. But you know what? I want to say, I want to prophesize and say, you know, you can see it now. You can see it now. You can tell those that really believe that Jesus is coming back by the way that they live. We don't know when God is coming back, when Jesus is coming back. We don't. We don't know if we're going to die before he comes back. So we live as though we do. That's the reason why you can tell the difference in how older people live, older people that are older in the church, and those that are younger in the church. Those that are younger in the church believe that, you know, i got plenty of time. I can do what I want to do, and then I get right later. But older people realize that, you know what, it's a blessing for me to be here this long. If God would have took me then, I knew I wasn't going to, I was going to hell. Because you're sitting in this, in here on a pew, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. If anything, we're going to be judged differently because you know better. My, my, my people know me. They know my voice. He said, we know him. But look what he says. Didn't I not prophesy in your name? Okay. Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Away from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you're not. That's very important. He didn't say, I don't, you, you was out in the world. He said, workers. You were doing things, but you were doing it in a sinful way. You didn't do it for me. And he was talking to the body of Christ. Away from you, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. How can you come to worship every Sunday? Sometimes on Wednesday. 
Never in the evening. Never on something special. You give and do all that. And God will say, I never, ever knew you. What is he trying to tell us? What is he trying to say to us? Just because you sit in here doesn't mean you have a golden ticket. You have to work out your soul salvation. And some people have never, ever moved from the spot that they've been in. Never. And if you call them out on it, they get upset. Because you know what? They don't like the truth. See how the spiritual blindness is? I'm blind to the fact that I don't listen to anything else because in my mind, I'm okay. I'm trying my best every day to be better, a better version of myself every day. Every day. And when I fall short, I don't hesitate to say, God, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. Right on the spot. I don't wait. I don't hesitate. Because you know what? Some, it don't take long for me to change my mind. We start walking and start sitting. So it says to work out, work continuously. I tell you what, give me, I'll give you another one. I'm going to close up. Let me give you this is a good one. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. We have a long way to go into this study. And we're talking about how Satan blinds people, how they are blinded. 1 Corinthians 2.14. 2.14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things. First of all, can you tell if someone doesn't have the spirit with them? You don't think so? Yeah. 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 See, uh, you're, you're, uh, you get to think about it. Uh, the word in the Can you tell by, by the actions of someone if the Holy Spirit is in their life? We can tell it easily. Now, and we're talking about knowing someone. Now, if I know that the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in that person and that person is grieving or have quenched the Holy Spirit, how do I have a relationship with that person? I don't. No. I don't. I have a physical, but I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. But I'm going to have a relationship with you when you are spiritually blind. See, the thing about spiritual blindness is, you know what, that is something that you have made your mind up that you want to do. You can't come down here and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Put him on the baptism and then turn around and keep walking the same way. Or refuse to walk with Christ. Now we go back to John 6 and 66. Walk with him no more. They walk with him no more. But he said he knew from the beginning they were going to walk with him. See, this is what I want us to understand. Before we end up getting ourselves caught up in this situation, we got a lot of people like that. We got to make sure that, you know what, that I come here, my mind is open. I am an open vessel waiting for God to pour himself inside of me. Some of you come here with your lid tight, duct tape on it, and everything is just bouncing on the outside of it. I come here to expect to receive the word of God. Talks about, now, if that's not so true, why does the Bible talk about the, about the soil? What's the different types of soil? You plant that, that seed. Some went in good soil. What happened to that? It grew. It grew. Some went through thorny bushes and all that. They grew up and it was choked out. Some went on rocky places, and what happened to that? Nothing. Nothing. 
See, these are the same things. This is true Bible class. Understanding it. You know, I can come here and feel good. We can talk about the one true church, but we already know that. We need to talk about the, the church, us, the members, the body. Are we right? How can we go out and teach the world about God and we won't accept all the things of God? We have to accept everything. All of it. Even except when we fall short. Amen? Amen. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. A person without the Spirit can't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They cannot. You're not going to accept God's Word. You're not going to even accept God's man. Amen. No. 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 You in contrast. You're always going to be bumping heads with me. Always. You in contrast with me. Because it's totally opposite of what you believe or what your perspective is. Amen. Remember, everything is about perspective. If I come here with an open mind, how can you teach a child in a, in a school and that child comes there and has headphones on? They're not ready to learn. They're not ready to learn. How can you teach a child that comes there that doesn't get any sleep at night before? They're starting to yawn the whole time that you're teaching. How do you think that is? Don't you think that's taxing on the teacher? When you don't want to be there, you can tell you don't want to be there. So what does that say about you? But God considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. One more. Let's stay in 1 Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 18 and 19. And we're going to stop right there. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 19. Mm -hmm. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Another version. I can't remember which one this is. It says the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. I don't want to hear it. You can't tell them anything. But we who are being saved, being saved, being saved is a continual thing. Once saved is not always saved. You can, you can miss salvation. You can lose your soul through the church. It is the very power of God, being saved. That's the power of God because you know what? I need God's grace and his mercy. Accepting the things of God as I grow and I walk in his stature. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. You think you're smart. You think you're smarter than God. You think you're smarter than we said, I would destroy that. Once that's destroyed, we still, I still have to stand in judgment. When it's all said and done, I have to stand in judgment. So why, where does that put me now in my spiritual blindness? My perspective. I still have to say, you can get mad all you want to. You still have to answer to God. So does that change? Does it matter what I believe? No. Does it change what I believe? Should it change me? It should. The word of God should change me. 
the reason we should be asking ourselves, why hasn't it changed me? Pride. 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 Do you know it's one word, one word in the Bible, and this is something I have studied a long time ago, and I've started again. It's one word in the Bible that God abhors, has never, ever said anything good about it. Pride. But you see how he said that, he said that Satan comes as an angel of light. So what he's saying is that, you know what, he's going to take what you know what you think is good, good to bad. And what's bad, you're going to think it's good. Then he says, woe to the man he calls good, or good bad and bad good. Why are we going around seeing pride for everything? White pride. Black pride. Gay pride. Gay pride. But it's popular, but he said broad is the way that leads to what? Destruction. Why is everybody prideful? He said, you know what? What he does, he, he loves the humble. He loves the humble. But we see, but that's the reason why I tell you, when people get, because first of all, you're not smart enough to understand what's going on around you. That's the reason why I have to stay in the Bible. Because you know what, I can't figure out all the stuff that man tries to do. Because you know what, all this stuff is fake news. All of it. All of it is. It's nothing that you can't, you can't trust man. You can't. I'm going to leave on this. I remember when the vaccine and all it's coming out, and all the people coming out with the vaccine, well, we're not going to take the vaccine, we're going to take the vaccine. Okay, it's kind of funny, you ain't going to take the vaccine, but you know what? You know what happened to, you know what happened to the Tuskegee Institute, those men? Sister Connors, you know what happened to those men? What happened to those men? What did, it, what, was it, what did the government give them? They gave them syphilis. They gave them those men syphilis. They gave them that disease. And they, let, they wanted to see how they were going to react to it without a cure. So this has been happening a long time ago. So when you walk up to me and tell me about something that you just, this is new to you, this is not nothing new under the sun. God has seen all this. But you are still trust man. Jesus. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. But we won't. We will always contradict everything that God says. And we're supposed to be children of God. Whatever God says, I believe it. Whatever's written in those words, in those 66 books, I believe every word of it. How do you know I believe every word of it? I live it. Even when, you know what? When you don't want to live it, I still have to live it.